Welcome to episode 12 of HokoCast, your local podcast sponsored by the Howard County Library System. We are Abby, Ronan, Mikhail, and Taylor, bringing you local Howard County happenings from Goodreads to listening needs. In last episode, we began exploration of local podcasts created by teens. In this episode, we talk with Claire, Michelle, and Camilla about their podcast Party Size and Who Cares About College? Let's listen locally. As a high school junior, Claire loves to read, go on long walks, and spend time with friends when she isn't studying for her next test. She has been co-hosting and editing Party Size for a little over a year, and can't wait to see what the future holds for the podcast. Michelle is a high school junior who likes to run, take naps, and study weather forecasts. She's the co-host slash creator of the podcast Party Size, and loves to make the fun content that you can find in every episode. Camilla is a high school junior who loves hiking, martial arts, sleeping, and podcasting, of course. She is the host of the podcast Who Cares About College, where she interviews college students and college experts on the ins and outs of the college process. Hey everyone, we are here with Claire, Michelle, and Camila today, and we are going to be interviewing them about all their podcasts. Claire and Michelle have the podcast Party Size, and Camille has the podcast Who Cares About College. Now, let's start about each of you telling us about your podcast. Um, the title, the subjects, like the format, and your average episode length. Okay, so I guess me and Claire can go first. Um, hi, I'm Michelle. This is my voice, and I'm a co-host of Party Size. Hello, Michelle. Claire. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hi, everyone. My name is Claire, and I'm the other host of Party Size. Yeah, so um, we have this wonderful podcast where we talk about basically everything right right it's very similar to it's like under it would I think if if it were to be categorized it would be under like personal stories and lifestyle and we separate our topics like we usually have um, specific topics that we focus on and we split them into seasons so for example right now we are working on our fourth season which is called tell us more in season four where we are going to be interviewing even more people um, this is an extension of our season three um, focus which was where we interviewed a bunch of seniors and about their high school experiences yeah so one of the things we love to do was is interviews we kind of like to I mean at the beginning we kind of just you know stayed with us two hosts but eventually we branched out and started talking to other people our episodes range from anywhere from I would say 15 minutes to about an hour right pretty pretty versatile lots goes on wow well that is great and I like the the division of how you do your little subjects that's very smart tell us about your podcast Camila your title subject format my podcast is Who Cares About College? And basically, my entire thing is basically interviews. I have very few solo episodes, and I interview mainly college students on their college application process. So, GPA, standardized test scores, extracurriculars, letters of rec, how they created their list, and such. And then, if they're a freshman, then we can talk about like their school itself, like, you know, what is, what does their school have to offer? But if they're a bit like ahead, like a sophomore junior, then we can talk about their actual experience. And because of COVID people have had really weird experiences, but they still share how it was for them. And then going back onto campus. So the way it works, if I do have a section where I interview someone on their college app process and then their actual college experience, and we get a good chunk of college experience, I just split that into two episodes. So the college app portion is 
usually I would say on average about 45 minutes to an hour. And then the college portion, like the college experience and them telling us about their college is about 30 minutes. So interviews go on for about an hour and a half. And then I just split it into two different episodes. I have a question. Uh, how often do you record an episode? Like how long does it take to prepare and research and edit? Because that sounds like it's tedious. If you do do that, I could never. Um, what methods do you use to record? Well, so there's not a lot of research that goes on in our, our recording process. We kind of just have an outline and then we talk about the things on our outline. We like to, that's our like preparation. We reach out to guests that we have on our podcast. As for how often, whenever we have time. Claire, do you want to talk about editing? Um, so me and Michelle, we usually split editing, but it depends on um, which of us has more time on our hands. And we use Audacity. Um, the, it's a, like a free audio editing program. And we just uh, take out all the parts that we don't like. Um, because generally we talk a lot. And so we have to cut down, um, cut it down to, you know, the most entertaining or the most informative parts. And that usually the editing process takes... I would say like from a few days to like a week, depending on um, what we're talking about. Michelle has an easier time editing. Yeah, than I me. don't know. I have like a speed focused editing mode where I like go into this mode. I'm just like, and it takes me like sometimes I want to say the longest episode take me around two days. She just, she's very chunks. decisive. She knows what she wants to take out. Yeah. As for me, I'm always like, well, Claire wants to keep it all. Right. How about you, Camilla? So how often do you record an episode? It depends on how many replies I get saying they want to come onto my podcast. So I can't really control that, but I email every week to different people. I reach out to them. And if they reply, that's great. We schedule an interview time based on their schedule. And then we just do the um, interview. It's been quite a while since I've done an interview because I've had a few lined up. And then how long does it take to research, prepare, and edit? For me, I send them a list of questions, like basic questions saying, you can share this, this, this. And then they tell me which questions they're comfortable sharing and which questions they don't want to share. And then as I interview, new questions pop up because it's personal to every single person. Everybody's experience is different. And then what methods do I use to record? So I use Zoom, like record, and then I take the audio portion and then I put it into GarageBand. And then just like Claire and Michelle, I just edit out the parts I like and I don't like, and I add like the music and then an intro and an outro. And it usually, if I'm really focused, it can take me just a few hours. I can finish it in one day. Wow. Okay. There you go. Um, fantastic. Uh, Abby, you got the next question. Yeah. So from what I've heard so far, it seems like you guys are all very passionate about your work. You guys seem very devoted to making the practice of doing a podcast really works. So I guess that makes me brings up the next bring up the next question. So why do you focus on your subject and what interests you about it? And what do you want to want your audience to learn? So I think the reason why Michelle and I decided really to start our podcast was because we have always had really engaging and fun conversations and we didn't want to limit ourselves in our podcast so that's why we talk about a wide variety of subjects um i would say like in the beginning i think even like overall it's been an exploration into like what topics do we really like to talk about and like 
um, are meaningful to listeners. Um, it's like trial and error. So like in the beginning, our very first season, we talked about like different kinds of relationships, so like friendships, family relationships, like actual relationships. And that was a little bit difficult because it was kind of like a narrow subject for us to focus on. And again, in the beginning, we didn't have any, uh, we didn't really have that many like interviews. And then later, um, we chose like too broad <laughs> of a subject in our second season, which was just like very general. I think it was um, about like our hobbies, like things you would like talk about, like sports, for example. I don't even know. It was kind of, it was, yeah, kind of wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But after, and after like interviewing people, like all different kinds of people for our third season, we really discovered that we really enjoy um, bringing uh, different kinds of people onto our podcast. And we think it brings a lot of flavor, it brings different you know, kinds of, yeah. Uh, um, Especially during editing when yeah, you yeah, get yeah. pretty sick of just listening to you meet myself and Claire talk and like, oh, gotta cut this. Claire always says, I'm here. Let me cut it. So it's nice having like someone else and like someone else is like, it makes, it makes it a lot more fun to edit. And I think people really like hearing, people really like hearing new voices on our podcast. And it's especially because we told a lot of our stories we kind of run out of good stories. Like, like we don't have any more good ones. So bringing other people really like helps just like expose people to expose their audience to just like have a fun time. Like, right. you know, they just have a chuckle. <laughs> I don't even know, brighten up their day a little. Maybe they can learn something from other people's experiences too. Well, that is great. Um, what about you, Camila? Okay, so why did I start my podcast and like why I focus on this subject? So I think it was in seventh grade when I went on my first college tour and I really liked it. I don't know why I liked it, but I just liked going around and listening to people talk during the info sessions and then going on the walking tour. And my, my neither of my parents went to college in America. They immigrated here. Well, I was actually born in Asia and then we immigrated here. So technically I'm the first person to go through like a traditional high school and then college experience in America. So parents couldn't tell me about their experience and what I would expect. So I started my podcast and I wasn't taking it seriously at first for basically it was for me to learn because I had no idea what a GPA was. I didn't understand what the SAT, ACT were. I didn't know like what, what extracurriculars do I have to do? What are letters of rec and such? So I started that, but then I realized a lot of people are like me and they're confused about the process. And the point is not to tell people like this is a formula to get into college because people say there's no formula and it is true. There's no formula to get into college, but the more aware you are, the more knowledge you have on the different components of the college process, you can increase your chances of getting into a good college and perhaps crafting your application the way you like it. So that's really why I started it really for myself to learn. But I realize as I go on, more people are like me and that they can learn from other people's merits and their like, quote unquote, failures, but they all got into college anyways. So yeah. That is a really cool story. That That's that's really cool. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's great. Um, Mikhail, this next question is for you. All right. Now, uh, Claire and Michelle, how do you promote your podcast? How do you get it so that people in the world know of podcasts? I think Claire can take this one. Right. <laughs> I'm not very involved in this. <laughs> so for social media, I'm mainly in charge of it. I do everything um, on our Instagram. That's our main platform. We don't really uh, use 
TikTok or anything else like that, just because Instagram, I think, is one of the best ways to promote your podcast and also because I'm the most familiar with it. So we have um, an Instagram Instagram account for our podcast called it's at the party size pod. Make sure you go follow Um, on there. um, I do. Well, I make posts and they're pretty regular. They're basically just like updates or like when a new, every time a new episode comes out, I make a new post. And what's special um, is, okay, well, one, we have a really cool like color palette scheme going on. It's like blue, orange, purple. Yeah, I love our color color palette. <laughs> it's so pretty. It goes with our little uh, profile picture. Um, but another thing I think that sets us apart from other just accounts in general is that I make uh, little animations for every post. So most people, when they make a post, it's just like a picture or like a a Canva infographic uh, copied and pasted. But um, I use this app called Flip a Clip. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but I just make uh, short little animations of like with like words or like I don't know, butterflies. They're really cute. I did. They're They're like like fantastic. (laughs) Right. And I'm not any, I'm not like super artistic or anything. I think what's cool about it is that you can tell that I'm not very good, but I think that's what that adds to the charm of the podcast. I think. Yeah. Everybody. No, but they're so cute. And they're like, I don't know. They, they very much fit the vibe, like a very like fun. Right. It's not very strict or anything. So yeah, that's how we I go about running our uh, social media presence. Well, that is a very wonderful um, promotion in marketing is very important when doing uh, anything media related. Um, Camila, what about you? How do you promote your uh, college podcast? Okay, I will say just add on to what Michelle was saying about Claire's animations. They are really, really good. They're super cute. I mean, it looks really, really professional. Okay, so how do I promote my podcast? So I also have a blog. So my blog, and that like has much more views than my podcast, but on that blog, there's like a section that says podcast. And if you go there, you'll see my podcast and all the episodes listed and such. And then I forgot to mention this, but I said I interview college students. I also interview some like college, I would say experts. So adults who have done like counseling or do specifically like essay editing. And a lot of times they will have their own blog or they will have their own podcast. So when they come onto my podcast, sometimes they reach out to me, like, can, can I come onto your podcast and be interviewed? And sometimes I reach out to them. And so they'll come on and then they'll put me in their podcast or they'll put me in their blog. So therefore I'm getting to the, like, cor- I guess, correct audience. Cause those people want to learn more about college. Like one example is Mark Stucker. He's a college coach and he has his own podcast. And I asked him to come on. He came onto my podcast, probably one of my like favorite interviews. I learned a lot from him. And then I asked him, can you give me like a mention on your episode? Because his podcast is much more famous than mine. And he actually did that a couple of times. So like once a few months ago and once recently. So that's basically how I promote. I don't have like a cute professional Instagram account like Claire and Michelle. I just want to say, if I found out about your podcast before this year, it would have saved me so much time. Like my mom, okay, my mom and my dad are both college professors. Well, not anymore, but well, no. They're back into teaching now, um, but they were born in the '60s and the fifth, born in the '50s, so they had a vastly different process than me. And this is hell. Sorry, excuse me for my language. I'm very sorry. It was the worst. Luckily, they're all in now. But I wish I knew about your podcast beforehand. 
No, I know you all have your own podcast, but what strikes your fancy when you listen to podcasts? Can you give me something that I might be able to listen to besides the one podcast that I listen to? Um, so I enjoy, sometimes I enjoy more like, hmm. well, there are kind of like two categories of podcasts that I really enjoy. I really enjoy like interesting stories that are also kind of like scientific. It's kind of like, I don't, I don't really know if it's a little nerdy. Um, so one of my favorite ones is Invisibilia. They talk about like the human brain and like cool stuff about that. There are a lot of stories. I find it very interesting. And another one of my favorites is called Criminalia, which is about like lady poisoners in history. It's so good. I love it. And I would like, one of my favorite things to do is when I would run alone like go on runs I would listen to that podcast and I'll just be like wow that's so cool so if you ever saw me like running through the neighborhood laughing that's why I was listening to some good podcasts um I also really like what else um I don't know I'm a big fan of story podcasts maybe that's kind of why I have my own story podcast um Claire actually recommended a podcast to me a long time ago it's called modern love do you remember recommending it to me? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I was, I was going to say that, but NPR has this podcast called Modern Love or Modern Love Stories. I think it's just called Modern Love. I think it's just but, called Modern Love. Yeah. Right. But I am in love with that it's podcast. It's so good. It's so good because it's just wholesome, cute little love stories and every episode is different. Um, And one thing that they do is usually they have like, I know sometimes they have like famous people read stories read other people's stories and then after the person reads the story then um there's like a host who interviews the actual person who wrote the story or the actual people who were in love or person who was in love and I think it's really unique because it there's so many like stories about different kinds of love and it's It's so good yeah it's really captivating (laughs) I really like it um Oh, wait, are you, do you- I swear I only have one more. Oh, okay. um, I feel like everyone kind of listens to it, but like Radiolab has some interesting stuff. You know, just like interesting stories. Pretty fun. Those are probably my main podcasts I listen to. Okay, very nice. So um, as for other podcasts I listen to, I like to listen to, I watch YouTube a lot and there's some YouTubers I like. Um, so like your mom, Ashley, or like Emma Chamberlain or like, um Leah from Leah's Field Notes so they all have podcasts of their own and I have listened to um their episodes I I don't know I think it's really cool being able to see kind of uh the behind the scenes or like hear more from people that I watch right because when you watch YouTube videos you only really see like one side and they usually aren't talking as much it's more focused on like the visuals but then um when they're talking about like their general life or other topics on their podcast it's really cool to see like how their mind kind of actually works or like their actual opinions on things that they might not talk about on their main youtube channel camila what about you okay so obviously i have to listen to other college podcasts so as I mentioned, I interviewed that guy, Mark Stucker, and he has his own podcast. It's called Your College Bound Kid. And his podcast is so impressive. 
like I know he doesn't do the editing, but the editing and the different sections are really cool. They'll do a section where it's like in the news and they'll talk about something that happened in the news and then they'll do a section where it's like a term that's related to the college process. So they'll do a section on that and then they'll do a section where they interview someone and then they'll do a section where it's like a question from a listener. So I really like his podcast. It's really informative. He has almost 200 episodes, if not. Yeah, I think almost 200 episodes. It's amazing. And then another actually people I interviewed, they reached out to me and that's how I found out about their podcast is College Admissions with Mark and Anna. They're similar to Mark. They do college coaching. And again, their podcast is really informative. Just so basic, but I like true crime. I love like murder mysteries and basically murder mysteries. I like it. And when they dissect it and they're like this and this and this happened and they knew this person could have been them, blah, blah, blah. And there were similar cases like five years earlier. I, I love that stuff. And then another podcast I really, really like is called How I Built How I Built This by NPR. And this, this, his name is Guy Raz, and he basically interviews entrepreneurs and how they built their brand. And these are like big people. He's interviewed the guy who's like, I'm blinking on a bunch, but what is that shapewear? Not, not Kim Kardashian, but the one before her, like that woman. And then Tofurky, I saw that was like the most recent episode. They've done like Zillow stuff like that like really big brands like what is it Trivago and stuff like that like really big brands and how people built the brand from like the bottom to the top I like to listen to that because you listen to their story where they started from like nothing and how they found like some sort of hole where something was missing that they could create and make into a business I find that so fascinating so that's mainly what I listen to that's awesome um I guess I'm coming away from this with new recommendations so Excited to listen to these. As avid podcast lovers all together, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question of, would you recommend making a podcast to someone else? And what are the benefits of podcasting? Okay, I guess I'll kick it off. So I would 100% recommend, I know it sounds like, oh, you have your own podcast. Of course you would. But like, no, 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 no. Like, trust me, making your own podcast is so much fun. So like, I'm just thinking about like all of the like fun, fun stories people have told me. And like, I've gotten to like know some people a lot better through interviewing them on the podcast. And it's kind of very satisfying to see like, wow, you've created this thing. And it's like, look, look, it's so professional and well done. And it's something you can be really proud of. Um, so I think the benefits are obviously speaking skills. Talking is harder than you think. The first time I edited an episode, I was like, why do I talk like that? Oh my gosh, I need to stop saying all these things. So I stopped saying them and I feel like I'm a better talker now. Um, so that's probably what I'm going to say is all the right. best benefit. So I completely agree with Michelle, but I would also, if I, if someone were to ask me like, should I start a podcast on XYZ or just in general, should I start a podcast? I would always definitely, I would like encourage them to, but also give them uh, what is it called? Like a warning or like a word of caution. Um, yeah. So making a podcast and maintaining a podcast is much harder uh, than one would think it is just because Camilla Michelle and I were all in high school and 
obviously high school is hard and we also do a lot of other things outside of podcasting. So I would say time is of the essence, especially when you're uh, recording and editing and, you know, scheduling Instagram posts, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a lot of work. That's like the biggest thing I would say, but I'm sure that anyone who is really passionate about what they're doing um, and what they're talking about will definitely be able to succeed if they start a podcast. And Michelle, along with Michelle, um, I have also just heard so many people that like I'm not super close with tell me like, oh, are you, um, I've listened to your podcast or like, don't you have a podcast? Or I listened to it in the morning and I was like, oh my gosh, really? No way. Uh, so it's always, you know, every day's a surprise because you never know when someone's going to bring it up and you're like, wow, I never knew that my podcast could reach so so have such a far reach into I don't know into the world (laughs) okay that's all I have to say on that as Michelle said I would recommend podcasting to everyone just because it's so very loose and broad there are you don't need anything to start a podcast like you don't need to have a special skill you don't need to be particularly talented in something so and you have to find the kind of, I guess we could say podcasting that works for you. Claire and Michelle are co-hosts and I'm sure that works great for them. I don't know how I would do with a co-host. I don't think I would really like it. So, you know, you have to decide on that. And then do you want to do like solo episodes or would you rather do like interviews? And I prefer doing interviews. I like, I, I already know everything about myself. Like I don't need like the world to know everything, but I really like interviewing other people. And I find pure joy from interviewing. Like after I do an interview, it's just like, I don't know how to explain it, but like I I met this new person for the first time and they told me so much. And it's just fascinating how people have so many different like interests and how that like shape their like high school, I guess, time, we can say, and how that's um, influencing them in college and what they're studying now. So to me, I, I, I love doing that. So you have to find podcasting is literally for everybody because there's no criteria for it. You just need to find what kind of podcasting works for you. You want to co-host, you don't want to co-host. Do you want to do mainly interviews? Who do you want to interview and stuff like that? And what are the benefits to podcasting? I agree. When I heard my voice for the first time, oh my God, it's just horrible. I was like, do I sound like that? Should I change the tone of my voice? And I think you become, I would say more confident. I was like, who cares? The tone of my voice is the tone of my voice. I'm not changing it for anybody. And then another downside is, at first, you don't have any listeners, and it may be like that for some time. But after a while, you do gain like an audience, and it's sort of this obligation that you have to them to bring them content and for it to not be boring. So, like every time I do an interview, and I feel like it was not my best interview, or I did not connect well with my interviewee, I get so disappointed. I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna have to deliver this trash episode to my audience. Oh, this is awful. I wish I could do it over again. Back to the question, podcasting is for everybody and you will have your very big like downsides where you're like, this is such a trap episode. Should I even release this? But yeah. Wow, that is much deeper than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> very, very nice. Um, and here's another uh, somewhat deep question. Um, which episode are you most proud of? What is your most, your most glamorous theorem, um, your uh, piece de resistance? So this question, actually, when I um, thought about it, like an answer immediately came to mind. So last year's Valentine's Day. Stop, you stole mine. (laughs) 
Yeah. So Michelle and I are both really proud of this one. Uh, so I think I came up with the idea for the podcast because it's not like for the episode because it's not like most of our episodes where we have an outline is pretty structured. This one, it was just like on the fly. I was like, okay, well, Valentine's Day is approaching. What if we uh, tell a bunch of people how much we love them and like share the love so people aren't sad on Valentine's Day? So what we did was we brought on a guest. And so the three of us, we called like on the phone we called a bunch of our friends and then as like a surprise obviously they didn't know about like that we were going to call them and what the call would entail but basically we just uh, sh- uh told them about our how much we appreciate them um and how much we love them so it was really heartwarming especially because none of them were expecting it and that was also one of that's also one of our most um popular episodes I think just because it's such a feel-good episode and like you can listen to it time and time again and you're just every single time you'll have a smile on your face so that's definitely my favorite for sure yeah I don't know where Claire came up with this episode but like she came up with it and I was like for sure like I I was like yeah this is gonna be so good and while we were doing it it was just like such like a good feeling it was so much fun it like really like I mean there wasn't like any stories or like anything like like value like I want to say like anything you can learn from this episode but like it was just a very good I think it like represents what we want our audience to like come away from our podcast feeling Mm -hmm. because like I I remember we made it and I was like this has to get out like it has to go out there like right now and Claire was like all right so I literally (laughs) like grind edited this episode it took me it didn't take me that long because it was a short one like it was just I listened to it and it was just it was so good it was so like I think we recorded it I can't remember if we recorded it the day before Valentine's Day. I think we, I think it was the day, day before. Day and before. Then, and then we released the day of, which is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's really nice. I got to call a lot of my friends, got to see other people call their friends, family, loved ones. It was <laughs> a good one. Okay. Yeah. Wait, you're, you're going to make me pick another one. That's my favorite. Hold okay. On. I know this one actually doesn't have that many listens or views or whatever, but I really like our music episode where we talked about music and I know I know it's not it's kind of long it's kind of lengthy but I think it's fun because we get to listen to music together in the podcast yeah um which and we don't didn't we play a game Oh, oh, right. Okay. So I'm sure everybody has seen on YouTube L, the E-L-L-E, they have a a YouTube channel and they do, they um, invite singers onto the channel and they like do song associations. So like you give someone a word like fire and then someone sings like set fire to the rain by Adele. Right. And then like they have a certain like 10 seconds, I think, and they have to uh, sing like a song lyric that has that word in it. So we played that game. That was really fun. My only regret for that episode um, is that the audio editing, like I think it was really hard to match like the volume of our own voices to like the actual music because- Oh, I guess you did edit that one. (laughs) I thought it was fun to record. (laughs) It was very fun to record. But then the problem was, is we use Anchor to like distribute and um, just, yeah, to distribute our podcast. And they have this, like it's, I think it's like connected to Spotify. And so basically they have this little thing tool where you can insert like 30 seconds of a song from Spotify into like your episode. And so that was very difficult. One, because 
there were so many songs to put in and I had to like split the audio into so many tiny little chunks. And then also uh, Spotify's audio was louder than ours. And then I couldn't like, you can't like adjust it. Like it just, it's there. So yeah, but would I do it again? Maybe. Would we do it again? Would you want to do it again? Um, I didn't know that that was a problem. Maybe, maybe we could have <laughs> mentioned less songs. But I think one of the one of our favorite things we do is we put up a Q and A, and people like gave us song recommendations, and then we would listen oh, yeah. to them and be like, "Ooh, I like this one." So like, I thought that was fun. And right? Some really people had really good taste. Yeah, it broadened the horizons of yeah. our music listening adventure. That's really cool. Um, yeah, the music episode sounds wonderful. And um, the the Valentine's episode just sounds heartwarming and amazing. So I'll, I'll definitely give that one a listen. Um, Camila, what about you? Which episode are you most proud of? Okay, before I go into that, I just want to go on with Claire and Michelle were saying. I use this program called, a, God, I can't pronounce these kinds of brands, but it's like a phonic or something. And what it does, I should have mentioned this earlier, but what because my interviewee, I have a mic, right? So like my audio is very clear, very loud, but they don't obviously don't have like a, professional setup so I put a phonic and it like evens out the audio so it's the same volume I don't know and it's free too like you have a limited amount of time but it's like per month you get a few hours or something so just a suggestion I don't know if that would work for like music or whatever but yeah anyway so the episode I'm most proud of unlike Claire and Michelle the I guess the goodness or how well my episode is done is really reliant on the interviewee like I as the interviewer have to like I wouldn't say pry into their lives, but I have to like, kind of like go around and like, you know, figure out the questions that best for them. That's most, that'll make the podcast most interesting, but it really depends on like them and how much they're willing to share. And also I have a few episodes that are super memorable to me. I wouldn't say proud, proud, because a lot of it is them. I'm not doing much. They're sharing their story. So number one is David. He goes to MIT. God, I vibed with him so well. I don't think I vibed with anyone in my life so well before. He was hilarious. And we went on talking and talking and talking. And on top of that, he was so impressive. And he had so many accomplishments. He was an extreme couponer in high school, like $800 to like $8, like stuff like that. I was like, wow, why didn't you go on like TLC? But I love that episode. It was so fun. And he won the Coca-Cola scholarship. which I was mind blown. I was like, you won that? Because it's harder to get that than literally any other college so that and then another it was a girl she goes to I think University of Houston I believe I think it was University of Houston and her story was just inspirational she was a med student so she was there getting her like four-year degree and then she would move on to medical school but when she was younger uh, her dad was in a really bad car accident and that inspired her to become um, to go into medicine so that story for me was just really um, inspirational and then another one is Mark Stucker. He cleared up so many stereotypes because a college student can't really share the ins and outs of the college process. They can only share their experience and why they think they got into the school. But Mark Stucker, he was able to like dissect it. And it was just so like rich and full of like, he just cleared up so many biases. And he makes you feel so relieved when you realize how random the college process is and how you have almost no control. And if you don't get into an IV, that doesn't mean anything. So I think that was probably my most informative episode, the one I'm most proud of. And I really like the questions I wrote for that one too. And then lastly is Ami. So he goes to, I don't even know if he still goes to, but he, at the time I was interviewing, he went to Lehigh and it wasn't his college process or like his college experience that was inspirational. It was just his life 
when I was interviewing him, he was just traveling with his friends. He was in California, like Silicon Valley, and he was just doing entrepreneurial stuff. And he, he sounded like he was so into it. And I was like, and he was a sophomore in Lehigh when I interviewed him. I said, are you planning to like drop out of college and just pursue what you're doing now? Cause I think he's like into music and he's like, I may do it. And I follow him on Instagram and the guy's like traveling and living his best life. He's, he was in like Paris right now or something. He's like going all over the world and he's just living his life how he wants to, not like the traditional four years and whatever. So to me, the, my most proudest episodes are the ones I'm like most inspired by. So I would say those four are probably my favorite ones. That is very cool. Inspiration is definitely a great motivator. Um, all right, Michaela, this next one's for you. All right, and uh, this last question is a bit of a silly question for you guys. If you were given a whole box of chocolates, what kind of chocolate would you eat first? I'm gonna jump on this one because I have I have a philosophy where I eat my least favorite first so that I can eat my favorite no, last. You don't Claire, you, I you do that? That's so I smart. Do that. I do that. Honest, honestly, though, that's like, that is the secret to life. So my least favorites are probably going to be like the really like heavy ones. If it's like dark chocolate on dark chocolate or white, ooh, definitely the white chocolate and white chocolate are probably my least favorite, even though like they're all really good. So like I eat them all. And then it's probably like that, like crunchy, that crunchy stuff that that's, tastes kind of burnt. I don't what? know what it is. What? <laughs> no, it's inside the chocolate and it's like crunchy. And it's <laughs> I don't know, some kind of sugar. Um, and then probably like the dark chocolate and dark chocolate. Then I'll probably eat the caramels, then the coconuts. And then finally, I save like the raspberries and the strawberries yes! for the last. Those are yes! so good. Claire, so I know what good. you're talking about. Those are so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would not eat the ones I like the least. My strategy is to eat the ones I like and then ask my brother or my other friends and family, would you like, you know, the rest or would you like these? I don't really. I feel like that's so mean. No one wants to eat the peanut butter ones, Claire. <laughs> no some one people do. Them. Some people, everyone has different tastes. Okay, Hello, fine. would you like my leftovers? <laughs> no, it's yeah. not leftovers. Wow. It's like, oh, I pick like the raspberry one and I have the box, right? And I'm like, I go around, let's say I'm in, say I'm in the classroom. I go around and be like, oh, like, do you want one? Do you want one? And then, no, I'm yeah. too greedy. I keep them all to myself. You share the chocolate. <laughs> you share the goodness. Ha, 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 ha. Anyway. I also really like the, uh, the, I don't know what it's called. I'm probably gonna butcher it, but it's like Ferrero Rocher. Rocher. Those are very good. I'm sorry, I don't take French. I don't. I don't know how to say it. But those are addictive. Love them. And I think dark chocolate is better than milk chocolate. Agreed, 100%. I kind of follow the same system as Claire, except I don't really share. I look at the box. If I don't like chocolates, I just avoid them. I don't care who gets them after. I, if I don't like them, then I'll just leave them there. And I don't know what kind of box of chocolates are you guys are getting, but like coconut, raspberry, I don't know. Well, I guess my mom just buys like assorted dark and milk chocolate ones. And I would say my favorite ones are caramel. I really like caramel when it has some sort of filling. Hate white chocolate. If it has white chocolate filling, even if it has like those like glaze on top with what i don't eat those i hate white chocolate it's not chocolate yeah you can't even you can't even consider it chocolate okay? <laughs> it's not chocolate we it's just not chocolate. chocolate i don't know why they put it in that box we just don't talk about it here <laughs> okay continue so i love caramel and i like i don't know if this is what michelle was talking about but i like when they put like crunchy stuff on the top and there's stuff inside like i don't know no, about that a crunchy... wasn't what i was talking about yeah okay. 
yeah but i like those and i agree dark chocolate is better than milk chocolate just can't be too too dark so that's how i eat my i don't know what kind of chocolates y'all are getting and i hate the raspberry strawberry ones excuse me no you've inspired a great sadness in my oh my heart. god and then when it's the raspberry white chocolate combination oh, oh controversy kicks in okay no. No. well you might be able to hear more of this controversy in our conversation segment everyone thank you so much for coming to interview with us um it has been a pleasure and we'll see you soon thank you for having us yay thank you Loved being here. From favorite books to top tier playlists, there are various ways to consume media and experience the joy of comfort and relaxation. Here are various recommendations from Hokocast team. As an avid movie viewer, I always try to broaden my film selections whenever I'm choosing something to watch. Whether it be psychological horror, cheesy romance, or slapstick humor, I'll always indulge myself to the fullest. I don't care for which country or company it comes from, as long as there's entertainment value in the piece, then I'll enjoy it. Nowhere does this apply more than it does in CJ Entertainment's 2021 film, Pipeline. Taking place in the middle of South Korea, Pipeline follows a gang of oil drillers, a type of thief who illegally steals oil to sell in the black market as they tackle an impossible heist, all the while fighting back against the evils of corporate greed. If that sounds strange in itself, wait until you watch the actual movie. The twists and turns that make up your ride and the plot are both pleasantly satisfying yet nauseating, and the entire time you're just rooting for this band of robbers to make it to the end. As such, this South Korean film, directed by director Yu Ha, is probably one of the most fun adventures I've seen this year. It's filled with a stellar cast, from veteran actors Ho Ingok to up-and-coming YG actor Yi Soo Hyuk, Every bit of this film is full of bombastic acting and typical Korean media fun. With all the praise I have for this movie, however, I feel like I need to clarify that it's the type of movie more suitable for casual viewings. It's not something meant for deliberation, for contemplation about the philosophies of life. The best way I can describe it is that it's a particular kind of camp. There's a mix of hero's journey, stereotypical, friendship can solve anything message, and the bad boy but soft at heart protagonist. Pipeline is a fun movie, and it doesn't try to delve into anything else. If you are up for a casual Friday night though, and you're just waiting for something to take up space in your mind for an hour or two, I'd say Pipeline is the perfect choice. I love movies that mess with your mind. Those movies you have to watch more than once to completely understand what's happening and get the whole movie. Christopher Nolan is a director well known for his complicated and intricate sci-fi films. So today, I'll suggest three psychologically tricky Christopher Nolan movies. Number one is Inception. This is my favorite movie. The concept is amazing, the acting is fantastic, and the visual effects and cinematography is intense and deep. Inception is a movie that discusses the idea of manipulating someone through their dreams, and also the idea of having a dream inside of a dream. Now, just hearing this is confusing, and it's amazing how it's tied to the deep subplot of the film, but wait, no spoilers here. The visual effects are also amazing, and as the movie is about dreams, tons of really odd and crazy things happen visuals-wise. The casting is also great. Leonardo DiCaprio is the protagonist, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy, Marion Cotillard, Elliot Page, and on and on. The cast list is huge. 
Number two is Tenet. This film is ten times more confusing than Inception. The film talks about the concept of reversing the entropy of something. In physics, entropy is the direction in time in which something flows. Right now, my entropy in time is moving forward, as you can hear me talking normally. If I reversed, when I, say, jumped in a puddle, it would look like the water would be coming towards my feet and then falling back down. This is simply mind-boggling just thinking about it, and this is magnified in the film. But after you watch the movie a few times, you'll realize something. The whole plot is a closed loop. As characters are reversed and re-reversed, something that happens at the very beginning of the movie ends up happening at the end, but from another perspective. It's truly amazing how intricate the plot is and how ingenious the whole film is. I highly suggest Tenet to anyone who has enough time to watch it over again. Number three is The Prestige. In the utmost simplest definition, The Prestige is about two magicians who try to out-illusion each other. Now, the plot of the movie is a bit confusing. In Christopher Nolan's style, we see scenes from later in the film happen near the beginning of the film to foreshadow future events. The film constantly jumps between future and past, and so it's quite confusing timeline-wise. Now, the cinematography is fantastic. The camera angles are deep and entrancing, in that they still manage to hide many of the details the viewers yearn to see. The best part of the film has to be the opening scene, where Michael Caine is explaining the process of a magic trick. A few shots happen that seem to make no sense at first, but it's all cleared up by the end of the film. The casting in this movie is also fantastic. Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Scarlett Johansson, and Michael Caine all star in The Prestige, and the acting is amazing. Many of the scenes are non-verbal, especially those that happen while performing on stage, and the sheer amount of emotion expressed by the actors while saying nothing is truly a spectacle. I highly suggest The Prestige to those who love magic and the casting choices. We're suggesting movies? Ronan took my idea of featuring sci-fi films, Oh, I would have chosen the same movies to feature. Very large coincidence. Anyways, movie I will be featuring is Cruella. Cruella is origin story of Cruella de Vil, primary antagonist in classic Disney film 101 Dalmatians. Cast is just amazing, with Emma Stone playing Cruella, and Emma Thompson as antagonist. Acting is phenomenal, with Emma Thompson's character being the evilest yet funniest throughout the entire film. Soundtrack is also amazing, using many British 70s songs during punk uprising. There are also many twists in Cruella, and watching it for the first time is mind-blowing. I highly suggest Cruella to fans of original Disney films, as there are so many throwbacks. While I watch and enjoy movies from all different genres, my favorite type of movie has gotta be horror comedies. It's definitely something about the direness of the situation that the characters are put in, combined with the intent of the director to highlight their absurdity, that makes me enjoy them so much. My favorite movie of all time, ever, forever, and always, will be the 2019 movie The Dead Don't Die. Directed by Jim Jaramusch, with a theme song by the same name as the title, written by country artist Sturgill Simpson, The Dead Don't Die is honestly one of the funniest movies I've ever watched. Jim Jaramusch takes the horrifying idea of the zombie apocalypse and puts it in small-town rural America, where everybody knows everybody else. The Dead Don't Die has a lot of characters, all with their own unique subplots. See, surviving the zombie apocalypse. But the main story follows Officer Ronald Peterson, played by Adam Driver, and Chief Cliff Ronald, played by Bill Murray, as they try to...
Well, the more that I think about it, they aren't really trying to do much of anything but their standard jobs as policemen. They show up to investigate the first few deaths. That to the audience were obviously caused by zombies. But most of the time spent shadowing these characters just follows them and other officer Mindy Morrison, played by Chloe Sevigny, as they calmly comment about how this isn't going to end well, and just seem to wait for their impending doom. This movie has a very dry sense of humor. There are lots of deadpan stares and long awkward silences. This can be really seen in how most of the characters seem almost indifferent to the odd changes happening around them, leading for a very blasé and slow-paced movie, despite the subject matter that is so often associated with high-energy action. The general consensus I've seen from reading reviews of The Dead Don't Die is that the movie is too low-energy, it's too slow, and not funny. But I must contest. While the pacing is slow, it works in the movie's benefit. I believe the reason The Dead Don't Die is disliked is because most of the people going into the theater, or renting the movie at home to watch, believe that it's going to be a fast-paced action movie. The Dead Don't Die is not an action movie. It is intentionally very slow to put the watcher in the slow world of Centerville, Virginia, and have them react as someone in a small town would react to a tragedy like the zombie apocalypse. I'm really not the best at critiquing, and I can't explain any more about this movie without spoiling the ever-living heck out of it. But just please, please, pretty, 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 please, with a cherry on top, take my word for it. It's an absurdist comedy horror, and I love and adore absolutely everything about it. And you should really give it a chance if it sounds like it's your style. Because it's a really good movie. <laughs> In today's conversation segment, Claire, Michelle, and Camila join us to talk about parties, snacks, and school. All right, so we are here in the conversation segment with our interviewees. Now, I have a very deep question for all of you. Um, what's your favorite party snack? What is the perfect, the ideal snack to take to a party? I'm sorry, one question. What kind of parties are we talking about? I've never been to a high school party. Like, what kind of party are you talking about? I've been yeah, to, like, no. family events where they're all adults and stuff. But... A, a snack that works for any party, any sort of gathering of human beings, and you could serve some sort of food that you know everyone will enjoy. I know Michelle has the same answer as me. I, oh, my gosh. Do we have the same answer? Wait, I'm going to say it, and you let me know if you have the same answer. Ready? Salt and vinegar chips? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I thought so! Anyway. Yes, I love salt and vinegar chips. They are my favorite snack. And the reason why I like to bring it to parties is because, first of all, if you like salt and vinegar chips, we're immediately like best friends. Second of all, if you don't, then I can eat all the salt and vinegar chips and we're still best friends. So like, okay. you know, it's fine either way. Also, I feel like it's just like a really good bonding point. Like if you like, I feel like you either love it or you hate it. Like there's no in between. So if you meet someone who also loves it, it's like a, you and me moment you know it's like i don't know that's just my vibe that is great um all right uh, camila what about you what is your favorite party snack i gotta say i'm on the side of hate salt and vinegar chips i thought oh. i heard you say like sunco or whatever that brand is of chips and i was like okay that seems like a decent party snack but you said salt and vinegar and i was like oh no nope and out <laughs> oh god i hate you guys love so much stuff and i hate this stuff no okay I can't do salt and vinegar chips. Um, 
this is why I asked like what kind of party because the only parties parties I've been to is like gatherings with my parents friends and my mom does all the cooking I don't really do anything never brought snacks to anyone or anywhere in my life so I don't really have much to give on that that is fine um Abby and Taylor what about you Oh, um, well, for me, I'm, I'm like Camila, I'm very introverted. And I don't party. So but um, you can party by yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Every Um, day's a party. Yes. If I were to bring one, probably Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Classic. Yeah. Oh, wait, does a gathering with your friends count as a party? Yes, yes. it does. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, my answer doesn't change. I don't really bring anything. But okay. She's the one who was. shows up with no snacks and then eats everything. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Camila, oh my goodness. Outrageous. Um, okay, okay, that makes sense. Sorry, I thought like a big high school party. I was like, I've never been to one of those. But Oh, well, neither have I, so we're in the same boat. Um, Taylor, what about you? But if I had to choose for, for me and my one friend that I only ever hang out with, it would be, this is very location-based. At Tuliju, the Korean bakery. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking buns. about. <laughs> oh, okay, those are fire. But I went there with my friend. She can drive me places. Well, I can drive now, but she could drive me places when I was a junior because she is a junior in college now. Oh, wow. If I had to choose uh, to hang out with my friend, it would be the curry buns at Tuliju. They're the curry croquettes. That's what they're called. Mm. Those things are the best. Very nice. Um, I have to say, my, my, me, myself, and I, I would bring um, uh, chocolate-covered pretzels. It's just, mm-hmm. it's the salt and sweet mixture that is just mm, so pleasing. Um, Mikhail, what about you? Oh, you know, I just, I just, I cannot get enough of deviled eggs. I just... Deviled <laughs> eggs are so delicious. They they slide onto the tongue. It's a perfect blend of very very bitter with with uh, a very basic flavor, and the paprika on top is it's just the cherry on top or the paprika on top of the deviled egg, um, quite literally. Um, I love you, Mikhail. I love you, Mikhail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Okay. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> That's so fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, well, yes, that is a uh, very nice. So now that we know everyone's favorite party snack, I'm going to ask um, a school-related question. Uh, what is the biggest issue you have encountered in school, whether it be with grading, whether it be with you know annoying teachers and whatnot? So, so what might it be? I have to say, I think the biggest problem I encounter in school is. Oh wait, 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 wait! For the sake of Privacy, please don't share any names. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. So I often get very bored during class. I don't know. It's just, I sit there and it's just like, maybe it was like in my, in my pandemic world, I didn't really have anyone to talk to, but in person has been. What about chemistry class? Where we Okay, fine. We talked in chemistry class, but like, other than that, it was just like this. I was literally sitting right here in this very spot with nothing to do. So other than like actually paid, okay, I paid attention, but like sometimes it was very dry. And I think that being back in the building has been fantastic because I can be less bored. Talk to my friends, enjoy class to its fullest. Anyway. I can feel that a hundred percent. What about you, Claire? Yeah. So on the topic of friends, 
um pandemic world you can choose really who you want to talk to i think uh like i can choose to talk to my friends and then if i don't want to talk to someone i don't have to talk to someone but back in the real world uh you have to deal with all different kinds of people um in your classes and i think that has been a little bit of a challenge <laughs> um but I think I think it's been good and bad, like getting to obviously getting being able to see everybody in person and everything is great. Um, but sometimes you just you can't mute people or like mute your tab anymore. You have to listen to everybody. Make It makes you sound kind of mean. <laughs> That's just uh, my honest. I get that. I get feedback. that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Camila, what about you? Claire Michelle and I go to the same high school and I don't, I, when I was on Claire Michelle's uh, podcast, we talked about this and I think you guys either disagreed with me or you weren't like hundred percent on board with me when I said this, but the atmosphere in our school, and I would just say like Howard County, it's such a, I would just say a competitive, not competitive County, but there are a lot of good schools and, you know, obviously there are high achieving students. The atmosphere in our school gets so annoying like oh, the yeah. overall like atmosphere because <laughs> I, and this is after I learned, this is all thanks to like the stuff I learned through my podcast and like researching about college. I have understood how, like, I cannot emphasize this enough. The college process is just so random and you have no, you can do the best you can to become like a good student, do these extracurriculars, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, the, really there's nothing you can guarantee and I see these people like they make it their life mission to get into these top schools and I'm like do you have any other personality trait like <laughs> is there anything else that you have any passion or any joy in like this and it's so annoying because you're going to see them crumble when they inevitably don't get into these top schools and I just look I'm like it's so annoying maybe it's because I have the knowledge whatever I do there's nothing to guarantee my position there like and I'm saying my chances are like low, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and I look at the atmosphere in our school and I'm just like, what What are you striving for? You do all these extracurriculars that you don't even like. Right. Look impressive for a college that honestly is going to look at you for 15 minutes and just throw away your application. <laughs> I, and it just, I get so sick of the atmosphere. Everyone's like, and then you get those people who are like, oh my God, I got a 92 on the test, la la. Every single class has no, like I completely agree. Not like, especially students, like, right? Like, like especially going back and being surrounded by all this, like, all the people at our school, you are completely right. I think before I was a little bit in denial, I was like, no, it's really not that bad. But when you uh, are actually there in that kind of environment, it is very obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, I would, it would annoys me. And I, like Claire said, you can't really mute those people out anymore. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of do. Just like, don't talk to me. But um, it's it's annoying at first, but then you kind of start to feel like pity because I feel so free now that I know so much about the college app process. I just do what I want to do now, knowing that I'm like I don't care. Harvard, they don't accept me. That's their loss. Like honestly, it's just, true, true. Just, I'm so so yeah. so done with them. But like, and you just feel so pit. You feel like pity for them. Like they're annoying as hell. But you're kind of looking. You're like bro there's so much more to life than what you're striving for and like I don't know I would say that's the thing that annoys me so much about school and I wouldn't say for all schools our school in particular like every so many students are high achieving 
Mm-hmm. Like you will talk to people and they'll be like these clubs and they'll have these positions and they do this outside of school and that outside of school. You know what also annoys me? When people think that s- sleep deprivation is like a personality trait. They're like, oh, oh my God, God, I went to bed at like 4 a.m. I only got two hours of sleep. Does that make you cool? Like, like what? what? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, I got, I got three hours of sleep, but I got two hours of sleep. No, I pulled an all nighter. Okay. <laughs> and that's just bad. Okay. Exactly. Um, I mean, going back to your conversation, the previous topic is I think narcissism is the solution to that. It's like, Mm. sure, like narcissism is bad in a sense, but like in many senses, it's there's a fine line between narcissism and um, selfishness, which are two very similar things. But sometimes you need to be selfish in order to succeed in life. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, very deep things. Um, Moving on, Um, Abby and Taylor, what about you? Oh, um, well, I was actually going to say something about Camila's comment, because I feel like she was attacking me straight on. About the <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so I'm a senior, so I'm in the middle of, like, getting done with all of my applications. And I think, yeah, I kind of treat it as a personal personality trait at this point, because, <laughs> I mean, it's so enraptured in all of my different aspects of life so it's kind of hard to not talk about it at the same time so I see where you're coming from but also it's like I'm boring anyway so why not talk about what I have so it's not that like it's not just the person who does it like it's your for example it could be your parents and Mm -hmm. like this our school I don't know about which school you go to but our school they like definitely I remember our like she came on an announcement when it was like not announcement it was like sat or something i don't know what it was some standardized test and it's like remember you are carrying the reputation of our school and i was like that is just so messed up why are you putting that kind of like pressure on students like you're you're carrying the reputation about our school you better make sure our school keeps their reputation as the great standardized test scores takers (laughs) and it's it and when you're constantly surrounded there's no way that you're not going to be affected by it Mm-hmm. So I, I was not trying to attack you by any means. No. I was trying to like point you out, but I was. It gets also, like- by the way, Abby, how how was or is your college application process going? Ooh, um, fun, fun tea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely stressful. I mean, like from what I've heard over the years about the process, it's very much true. Uh you kind of get overwhelmed by everything. And I mean, especially for me, I'm focusing on specifically liberal arts schools. Mm. So like all that I'm doing right now is like trying to appeal to that kind of narrative, if you if you can say that, like in essays and everything you need to, I'm trying to make myself cater towards that kind of aspect as much as I can. So, um, it's definitely hard, but I it's almost over anyway. So we gotta Yay. keep translating, you know. So yeah. yeah. Taylor, what about you? My first period physics class. That's it. That's- physics C mechanics. First period. I am this from in my opinion, I am the stupidest person in that class. It's really fun. Again, narcissism. Um, oh no, I'm awesome and wonderful. Okay, and- there you go. <laughs> I'm the most awesome person I've ever talked to in my entire life. Don't get me wrong. I hate being in there. You know what? 
everyone has that one class that they're like, this is my personal hell. Is that all you had to say about that? Just, <laughs> just your first period physics class? No, something else that really bothers me about school is, well, I got several things. Uh, I, or I, I got work release because I work as a barista, but um, I got work release like three weeks into school because the 10th graders act like ninth graders and the ninth graders act like ninth graders. So I Can took we... this art class. I took art one as an elective. I already have three uh, fine arts credits in theater, but I took art one as an elective just for fun. And then I got like, it doesn't bother me, but I got bullied by the uh, 10th graders who were basically ninth graders. And that really bugged me. So I just left. Like, why do I have to put up with it? I don't have to. Luckily it was my sixth period. So I get out at 110 every day. I see, I see. Me personally, um, I had a teacher in fourth grade that did not like me um, at mm -hmm. all. And the issue was that this teacher was very good friends with both the principal of the school and one of the fifth grade teachers. Um, and so when I got to fifth grade, this other teacher was not as nice to me either. Um, and I say as nice with much sarcasm. Um, I'll give an example. I was in the middle of class and it, the, the kids are crazy because, you know, it's right after recess. Um, this is elementary school. Um, it's right after recess and like everyone's it's still a bit crazy and so she's asking everyone to settle down but they aren't and so there's this one kid who, who's always like he he is the teacher's pet he always sits very quietly and very neatly and always does his work just on time and so she says everyone intimidate him and points to him now here's the thing she meant imitate but she said intimidate and so it was very confusing for so I think five of us went up and like pretended to speak. I was in this bunch because at this point I was scared of this teacher. Like this teacher kind of terrified me and like kind of pretended to scare him or something. We were just beyond confused the whole time. And so she takes us out on the hallway and it's like, what were you doing? I asked you to intimidate him. And that is not what you did. And so I did something very passive aggressive that I am to this day am still very proud of. I took the dictionary. And I took a little sticky note and wrote the definition of intimidate and wrote the definition of imitate <laughs> and stuck that sticky note on her door on the, at the end of the Friday before Thanksgiving break <laughs> in hopes that she would forget it ever happened before we came back from the break. And she didn't. And the principal got quite angry at me. Um, but to this day, I regret nothing. Um, wow, that's an amazing story. It is. It, it is an epic. I have many others like that. Um, <laughs> not many others. I have some others. They're every single one of them is glorious. So that was a great one. Um, what about you, Mikhail? Well, I sadly do not have public school experience. I was homeschooled whole life um, because you know Russian public school system very questionable, <laughs> iffy stuff. Well, this is a very depressing topic. Let's move to more uh, more more happy question. Let's talk about the craziest party you've ever been to. What is your favorite party or just gathering of sorts that you have ever been to? Mm -hmm. uh, we can we can start with Claire. Well, like I said before, I think that every day is a party. Okay, it doesn't matter really if you're sad or you're stressed. Every day is a party because I think every day you will go to school now, right? Um, so like every day, seeing your friends, seeing people you like. And there's always 
there's always like small moments in the day that just get to you like in a good way yeah. um that just like you know la- la- like maybe like you laugh about something like an accident or whatever like like I think those kinds of like small moments are worth throwing a party over mm-hmm. so especially like being able to like see my friends during school or like I would say even like lunch like everyday lunch lunch is definitely a party let me (laughs) tell you yesterday I think okay this is kind of embarrassing to admit but I think because I was laughing so hard during lunch I had like my stomach hurt like for the rest of the day and it wasn't just like oh like my my tummy kind of hurts no it was like someone is grabbing my and like intestines and like squeezing them it's exercises (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I have exercises. <laughs> well, there you go. That's that's great. Um, what about you, Abby? Oh, um, the question was like the most extreme party, right? Not extreme party, just your favorite party. What is your your personal favorite that you've ever been to? Like whether something that happened there or just like just favorite in general. I I said this earlier, but yes, I am very introverted, but um, I do enjoy my me time. So a party to me is like sitting down and watching a movie or like a K-drama or anime yes. or whatever. Yeah. I think the most recent time I had a lot of fun was it was like 1 a.m. in the morning. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and really? then all of a sudden, oh, this was after like working on my college essays and whatever. Oh, yeah. So, just, had to, just had to clarify. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's 1 a.m. and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, I just I want to watch Dune. So, oh, was it good? It, it was pretty good. Um, the, the visuals are the new one. Yeah, the new one with Tim mm. Tim Timothy Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yes, that that person. The visuals are really good. It's very aesthetically pleasing. I will say, Taylor says this too, but um, it's very Zendaya clickbaity. So, <laughs> if you are gonna watch it just keep in mind Zendaya is only in there for like 10 or 15 minutes and the movie's Zendaya like click baby i've never heard that before <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes she's in there for less and she's just in those cuts it's like i'm sorry i have a problem with do okay. okay cool no. mind this oh, there sorry, are five i'm so excited rico there are five female characters in do Okay. Three of them, well, two of them are, no spoilers, two of them have like three lines of dialogue and they immediately die. One of them oh. is the big evil bad lady who has a line of dialogue and dies. One of them, Zendaya. Zendaya says like two lines and she's like, I, the wind is blowing in my hair and I am dramatically looking into the camera and walking around <laughs> in slow motion for like, what, 10 minutes of the film? That's but she doesn't die. And then the last one is uh, no, she doesn't die, but she's not in the film. She's okay. just like <laughs> yeah. they have her. The three scenes that you see in the trailer are the three scenes that she's in the movie. Right? <laughs> yeah. Wow! And then and then this is the worst part. Timothy Chalamet's mom. The main character's name is Paul. No, um, that's not my problem. The main <laughs> character's mom. All she does is whine and complain and cry. And I mean it. She's very strong. My dad's read the books. She's very strong. She's like, she's the daughter or related to the evil bad lady. She's just like, oh my God. So she's represented in a bad way. See, that's the thing. This is kind of derailing, but everyone. All the time. That's it. (laughs) But anyway, I'm derailing of it. Like everyone talks about, oh, the Harry Potter books and movies are so good. And it's like, guys, 
Are you serious? There's like one or there's one, two, maybe three female leads. And then all the non-white characters have like three lines and then disappear. No, because let me tell you, I rewatched the movies. I rewatched like the last four movies and I was like, this is no cinematic <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah. This, this is something. What bothered me most? Okay. Like the kiss scenes. I don't know how to describe it, but oh it's just like, it's literally like Jenny. Okay. It's so like for one of them, like Jenny and, uh, Harry they're like in the room with like the band like the you can put something in this like little I don't know how to describe a cabinet thing yeah. disappears and they're literally like just standing there like putting it in and they're just like looking at each other looking at each other and there's like just the two of them in this like random room with this cabinet just standing there and she just like closes in on him and they just kiss <laughs> and it's what? like why like what was like the reason there was it was just so weird and so awkward i don't yeah. remember such a scene but that's that's awful it was so bad oh we were talking about um parties yes so you were talking about movies and then we got to dune and then taylor was talking about female characters and then i started talking about harry potter okay we're good back online <laughs> okay taylor what is your favorite party or gathering that you've been to one time when I was seven years old, I went to my kindergarten's friend. So um, the way my education worked was pre-K to kindergarten or kindergarten. I was like in the Montessori school, totally different thing. They teach their kids in a different way. I was in this Montessori school and I was transferring over and my friends there, since that's a private school and I was going to a public school, um, they didn't transfer over, obviously. So I think two years later, we were talking to my brother and my, I guess, best friend in kindergarten, and he was having a birthday party. I think it was his seventh birthday party, mm-hmm. and they went. We went to laser tag. I got immediately sick because of all the sm- like the smoke machine stuff. I just could not breathe. I okay. hated it. Um, but I went outside, and then uh, the mothers or the fathers or everyone who was congregated outside while the kids played laser laser tag. Um, gave me this giant bag of quarters and there was one of those little gotcha machines for non-weeb speak and Japanese lingo well, I'm not Japanese but uh, they're those little twisty things where you get little prizes out that are a surprise yeah like no. a bubble gum machine but they had like these cute little rubber animals they were tiny 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 things but I got I, I had this bag of quarters was huge and I just kept twisting I kept getting more and more. That was the best. And there was also ice cream cake. I don't like ice cream cake, but it was Oreo ice cream. So wow. yeah, that was kind of epic. That's memorable. Very epic. Um, there you go. That's that's great. Um, best party I've been to was, so I moved here. Uh, I was going to say something, but... I'm really happy that I got to uh, come here and be interviewed by you guys today. Um, I also shout out to Miss Comforty because I'm really grateful for Miss Comforty because she's the teen advisory board advisor. Yeah, I think uh, um, Glenwood and um, I met her through virtual tab and then we met in person um, over the summer and then we got to talking about podcasts and then boom, interview podcast on a podcast was born yeah there you go that's great yeah so that's a really cool thing that happened over the summer and i'm look where we are now and i got to meet everybody here there you go that is a wonderful answer um (laughs) all right we have two more people myself and mikhail i'll I'll do this quick because we don't have much time left but um for myself it was it so we moved here as i just said uh 
11 months ago, December of 2020. Mm-hmm. And right before we left, um, we had this par- this party with like tons of my um, Alabama friends, like very close. Oh yeah, forgot to mention, I'm from Alabama. Um, well, not from. <laughs> yeah. <technically. laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Um, all we have a meeting with like some very close friends and like it was a great goodbye party and it was very deep and there was like some other things that happened but it'd take forever to explain why it was like very personal and why not mm-hmm. um, yes yeah, very heartwarming um what about you mikhail okay let's see best party you've been to has to be uh oh there was this one uh very very long time ago um i went to a friend's house uh to play monopoly and um, after uh, what seemed like forever, we started playing Risk, which was a very bad idea um, because we stayed much longer than we should have. And this was during summer break and um, my parents were out of town. And so I was like staying with um, this family over the summer, right? And so we, we started playing Risk and Monopoly and um, that's what we did for like two weeks straight. And that's it. And it was wonderful, a great time. Um, so yeah, that is my totally real story that definitely happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right well abby claire taylor camila and michelle camila and michelle are not here anymore but um thank you so much for coming it was a pleasure to talk with all of you and um happy holidays and have a wonderful uh, winter time Yay. toodaloo bye, bye. Thanks for listening to OkoCast. We enjoy featuring local teens like Claire, Michelle, and Camilo, who will share their talents and interests with community. If you'd like to be part of an upcoming episode, please contact our advisor, Lori Conforti, using the links in the show notes. Though most of us are engaged in the hectic holiday season, we hope that our HokoCast and our fellow podcasting peers offer you a bit of comfort, a bit of joy, and a bit of love. Catch you next time. Catch you next time. Catch you next time. Catch you next time. Catch you next time.